I recently moved by myself and had a little bit of help. And folks, let me tell you something. If you can get movers to help you, if you could afford movers to help you, please get real movers. Don't get Cousin Pookie. Don't get Derek. Don't get your best friend from college or your girlfriend's father. Don't get your boyfriend's parents. If you can afford, don't even, even if you they're your in-laws, don't get them. If you can afford real movers, now I'm talking about movers with insurance that do this for a living day in and day out, do not hesitate, even if you can't afford it. If you listen to nothing else I ever say ever again in your life, take this advice. If you have to beg, borrow, or steal the money to get movers to help you, get movers. Non-professional movers often lack the basic skills of even packing a box properly. That's what's crazy. And I know you're saying, Andrea, are you just not realizing this? No, I'm not just realizing this. I think, in fact, because I've been doing radio a while, I took a hiatus there, but I think I've actually given this same advice before. I think I've probably given it in two other companies and two other shows. I've given the same advice to get movers because they just throw your crap in the box in any old way without any thought. And as a result of their crazy packing, they end up using excessive tape to secure, you know, just one box. You know, they'll tape it and they tape it and tape it, tape it, right? And they and they and they've and they've taken so few. They've just packed the box so crazy. They've just packed the box so haphazardly that it actually will take more time to untape the box than it does unpacking the box contents. Like a box cover cutter won't even open it. It's, it's taped so crazy. It's just frustrating. Welcome to Cross at the Capitol, Episode 5, and I'm your host, Mr. Autry J. Pruitt. Like, subscribe, and share this show right now. Send it to your friends. Cross of the Capitol is the bridge between policy and prayer. We people of faith are being called to adjust our mindsets to meet the challenges of the moment. Our podcast question today is, how do you persuade someone that America is the best nation on the planet, or at least in the top three? Now, we might go a long time today. I just wanted to share that with you. We might go a long time today. In fact, I might split this show into an A and B. I haven't done that yet. So what's going to be interesting to see how it does, because I don't, you know, I, I do the show live to tape and I upload it for you. So anyway, we might go long today. Uh, and this week, we're only going to have three shows. It's it's a holiday week. We're only going to have three shows. I also encourage you to take some notes today because this show should be chuck full of stuff to help you. Let's move into our verses. John 8, 33 and 32. I'm going to read them in that order. John 8, 33 and 32. And Isaiah 5, 13. John 8, 33, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is that you say you will become free? John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And Isaiah 5, 13, therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished. 
and their multitude dried up with thirst. We're in a holiday week, like I said, and with Independence Day fast approaching, the most common thing you will hear is that we live in the best country on earth because we are the most freedom-centered nation. Now, when a person says that on our side of the table, they often think of action, right? Because we're free to speak. We're free to roam around. We're, we're, we're free to go to the store. We have the free market. We're able to buy and take action there. But I'm starting to believe that freedom is a form of knowledge first, and that even if you live in a quote-unquote free place per se, it does not necessarily mean that you are free. Freedom requires two parts, two parts. To be truly free, you must be both free in your mind and free in your body. Chains on your knowledge or chains on your hands mean you are enslaved, right? So if you have free knowledge, but your hands are tied, you're enslaved. If you have no knowledge and you can walk around, you're still enslaved. Now, it's important to understand, if you are free to move your body and you elect not to move, you're still free. If you're free to get the knowledge and you refuse the knowledge, you are still free. That's important. You're only enslaved if there is an outside actor, which is often the government, by the way, who refuses to let you have knowledge or refuses you bodily freedom. What makes us the greatest nation on the planet is because we have both the freedom to speak and the freedom to know. And a revelation that has occurred to me in my wrestling with this topic is that our system of government is set up with this in mind, the genius of the founding framers. I I don't want to belabor the point, but it's important to illustrate this, okay? In the founding of the country, you have two documents. You have the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Let's take a look at the Declaration of Independence. I won't read the whole thing, but I want to read just a few sentences from it, a few clauses, right, to illustrate my point. It begins, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Right? Then it's, it reads, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, and for you Generation Zers out there, that's an old school term that was inclusive, um, in a sense, inclusive. We hold that all people are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights and that among these rights are, and I hope you know the rest, my concern is that a lot of people now don't know the rest, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, 
and that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Now, remember, I said that being free, truly free, or rather not being enslaved, requires two points. It requires that you have both freedom in your mind and freedom in your body. The Declaration of Independence sets it up so that you can have freedom in your mind. It sets up the freedom of thought. Now, I want you to hear the preamble to the Constitution. It's very short. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice and ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty or freedom to ourselves and our posterity to ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. In other words, that guarantees the bodily freedom. And I realized in my wrestling with this that the reason why we function so well as a a nation is because the framers gave us the knowledge of what it means to be free and the functions to keep our body free. The Declaration of Independence was designed to free the mind. It was designed to, it was, it was the, it, it was the beacon to let you know, hey, your mind is free. Right? The creator has created you with certain rights. And these rights exist no matter what anyone says. Boom, a light bulb goes off. That's knowledge. And that knowledge was so powerful. Listen, I know we talk about, we, we, we talk a lot about uh, 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 racism and um, uh, racism, particularly black and, and white racism. We talk a lot about uh, misogyny with women. But all the advances we've had in society on this in, in American society comes from that statement. It actually doesn't come from the amendments. The amendments actually, the Constitution follows up, follows it up. But if you look at the advancements we've had, it comes from that knowledge. In fact, if you go back to Frederick Douglass, if you go back to Martin Luther King Jr., if you go back to the winters, uh, the women's suffrage movement, suffrage movement, excuse me, the reason why those movements were so powerful was because there was this beacon of knowledge put out there that we hold these truths to self-evident that all people are created equal. And once that knowledge was out there, even those that were enslaved in their bodies, even those that couldn't, weren't allowed to vote, that weren't allowed to take action, they kept pointing back and saying, wait a second, you already told us the knowledge. You told us the knowledge. And so they knew they, they were free in one part. You see, sl- real slavery requires you to be chained in your mind and chained in your hands, in your body. If either one of those is free, the potential to get unenslaved is much greater. If your body is changed, but your knowledge is free, 
then you could use that knowledge to try to unchain your body. If your body's free, but your knowledge is locked up, then hopefully one day you can walk around and get something, read something, figure something, and boom, your mind is free. This was the genius of the, uh, of the, uh, the framers, right? That the Declaration of Independence set up the knowledge and then the Constitution was the mechanism to keep the body free. And that's why we have ended up functioning so well. It's because of this duality that appears throughout the Constitution. And sometimes it's stated and sometimes it's not. Let's take the First Amendment. I would argue in in this Oh my gosh, this has hit so hard with the recent wokeness and, and COVID. I would argue that the First Amendment is more about what you are allowed to know than what you are allowed to say. That's why we had such a personal, visceral, maybe visceral is personal, <laughs> why we had such a visceral reaction to the new woke era, to the seemingly new woke era. We realize that even though we are able to vocalize it, the problem is, is that people are being denied true knowledge. In COVID, for example, the problems is that the powers that be didn't want us to have the knowledge from those who were speaking it. That was the issue, right? That was the issue. They tried, it, it's the, 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 the digital form of chains, the digital forms of handcuffs, right? They tried, and when I say they, let's be clear, this is various governments and mostly the Democratic Party. They attempted to keep us from knowing and to keep people from speaking. And they kept us from knowing by first keeping people from speaking and letting it be publicly said. You couldn't even go there to uh, to see it. They always use this example on the left that, well, yes, you have the right to say it, but we don't have the right to promote you saying it. We don't have the right to let you know that everybody said it. It's the equivalent of the town square, they said. But it's not. Because in the town square, you can walk by and get it. What they did is they took the person who's in the middle of the town with a bullhorn speaking, and they erected a soundproof wall around them. And then they put a sign outside saying, yeah, there's somebody here talking about COVID, but you're not allowed to see that information. So what good did it do you other than to say, that person in the box is speaking about COVID. And what's worse is they put a sign saying, well, this person is really bad. That's why they're in the box, right? That's because real freedom required both the knowledge and the body and the ability, right? To keep you enslaved to the system, they had to keep the knowledge from you. The greatest predictor of success, and another thing that anchors this point, the greatest predictor of success is if you could read at grade level by uh, four, 
by grade four. If you could read at grade level by grade four, that is the greatest predictor of success. John McWhorter, a famous linguist, talks about this. These studies go back to the 60s, right? When they got a group of teachers together to decide what are we going to do about uh, some of the minority students not achieving well, the linguists and the experts and even the non-experts all came together and said, hey, what you got to do is make sure these kids can read. Because if these kids can read, their chances of being successful are almost unstoppable. They at least won't be poor. If you look at poverty rates, poverty rates typically correlate with literacy levels. There may be some exceptions with sports, for example, right? And with entertainment, but those are very minute portion of the population. It feels like it's more because everybody has a TikTok and trying to do something now. But it's very minute, uh, very minute, right? To keep you enslaved to the system, they had to keep knowledge from you. A conspiracy theorist might even say that maybe that's someone's larger plan to keep us ignorant. If people can't speak and you're not allowed to read it, then there can be no knowledge to be passed. And indeed, you'll be a slave, right? So the best, the, the, the best reason in my mind we're the greatest country is because of this duality where you're allowed to be free in both your knowledge and in your movement. And every single restriction on that, or every time a person, and by the way, I could go a long time on this one. I'm not going to stay here. Let me give you one more. Let me give you one more. The reason why the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, is important is because it is there to keep the government specifically, and it can be used to keep your neighbor, but to keep the government from denying you your bodily freedom. Mm, mm, mm. That's why it's there. To keep the government from denying your bodily freedom. Because they gave you, this is why the Constitution is so much concerned with about the actions of the executive, the actions of the legislature, the actions of the citizen. Right. It's because or the actions of various states or the actions of the federal government. It's because the knowledge was there. The Declaration of Independence was there for you to read. That was the easy part. And well, it wasn't necessarily the easy part, but it was easier for you to get. But now we got to put all these mechanisms in place, including the Constitution, to keep you free. Even in the verses I read to you. Okay. If you go back up to the verses I read to you, John 8, 33, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is that you say you will become free? Oh, this is such a great, powerful point I'm making here. Great point, right? Even in the verses I read to you, those people seemingly, they thought they were free, right? They seem to have all the trappings of freedom. They said to him, we are descendants of Abraham. Now, that's Bible speak for aristocrats, 
right? It's like now if somebody says to you, well, I went to Harvard, <laughs> right? I went to Stanford and MIT and Yale. Uh, by the way, those those colleges are going to make an appearance later. It's very important, right? I, I, I went to these places. What do you mean? I'm not free. I got money. What do you mean? I'm not free. I'm the boss. What do you mean? I'm not free. Hello? I'm white. What do you mean? I'm not free. I'm a Jew. What do you mean? I'm not free. I got an iPhone. What do you mean? I'm not free. I watch CNN all day. What do you mean? I'm not free. That's what the equivalent was. They said, we have X, Y, and Z. How is it you say we are not free? We've never been enslaved. And this is another critical element. Oftentimes, those with the trappings of freedom that have those, whatever they believe equates to freedom, be it money, uh, be it a title, be it a certain educational level, they don't even know they're enslaved. They didn't hear what was being said. They, They couldn't hear, they couldn't see their own chains. This is, once you get this, it makes politics so real. It makes it so pertinent once you get it, right? They didn't hear what was being said. Go to that verse beforehand, 32. You will know the truth, and it is that truth that will set you free. Oh my gosh. And what is the truth? It's knowledge. You will have knowledge. And it is that knowledge that will set you free. This is why I do the podcast the way I do it is because I actually believe that that the wise scriptures are so telling and so wise in the political sphere. And I just, man, even my ability to do this and to share this knowledge is freedom. You are more free right now if you didn't know this. Some of you did. I'm not the only smart person on the planet. If you didn't think of things this way, realize this. You are more free now than you were five minutes ago, right? So, They said, we're the descendants of Abraham. We went to Harvard. We went to Yale. We have certain educations. We buy our clothes here. We have this money. We have this title. We've never been enslaved. How is it you can say we're not free? And the response is real simple because you don't have any knowledge. You don't know the truth. This is critical to understand. It's not who, where you're born, who birthed you, how much money you have. At the end of the day, it is what how much knowledge you have a person it's possible and i it's hard for us to imagine this in society it's it, it creates some kind of dissonance for us but it's it is purely possible that the person that is in the big house that went to harvard that has uh, 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 makes uh, $300,000 a year that has the perfect family that has, it is possible that they are not free that they are enslaved and the middle class person living in, a, in, in an apartment with three kids and divorced that they 
are free. That is possible because it talks about it. That's what the situation was here. We are the descendants of Abraham. So how can you say we're not enslaved? Uh, Once you realize this point, it explains so much. Because we are, we are continually perplexed. And by we, I mean those on the conservative side are continually perplexed by seemingly wealthy people who deny hard work helps get ahead in life, right? They worked hard to get their money. They were hard. And so why do they adopt all this new woke stuff? And we haphazardly think it's so that they can go along to get along. Sometimes we perversely think that uh, it's a conspiracy theory and they just promote those negative concepts and those well-being and, and those and those uh, negative habits they promote those so they can keep all the money but i'm starting to realize that it is in some cases they just don't know the truth they don't know it they have no knowledge We are confused by women who have agreed that a man should be able to share a bathroom with them. A man wakes up one day and declares, I am a woman. I'm sorry. I am a woman. My female voices can be better later in the afternoon. I'm recording this in the early morning. It can be better in the later afternoon. I I apologize. (laughs) I am a woman. I am a woman. Uh, you know, we, 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 we're confused. We're like, women, what are you doing? Especially feminist women, right? It's like, wait a second. You have all these thoughts about the power of women, the power of females, and yet you allow some grown-ass man to come in and pretend to be you. They had no womb. They ain't bled from their crotch, and you let them come in and be you. Why is that? And we're perplexed by it, but once you realize this, Right. We would think once you realize what I'm saying, we think, oh, because they are women. They know what freedom is. They, they know. No, 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 no. They don't. They, this is crazy. Oh, my gosh. It's so powerful. Once I realized this. Right. The women that adopt this stuff have a lack of knowledge. They lack the knowledge. What's a big one? We're perplexed by the Jewish community. We're perplexed by the black community. Uh, We're perplexed by various communities that seemingly keep voting against their interest. Right? It's crazy. It's crazy. Right. The Jewish community, by far and large, is a Democrat and they vote Democrat. Despite the fact that it the, the Israel traditionally has been mostly supported by the conservative side of the aisle, despite the fact that it was the most recent conservative president. Who moved the embassy to Jerusalem. 
Every president said they were going to do it, but no one did it. And he said, why not? I'm going to do it, right? Or take the black American community. Community that I, I, I'm a part of. I prefer to be, be, be thought of as belonging to the American community, but that ship has sailed. We've allowed identity politics to take hold. That's a, that's a topic for a different day. Take, I'm black American. And, it, and, and it's so frustrating because I'm not saying the, 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 the other party that represents conservatives, or at least purports to be, the Republican Party is that great. I'm not saying, oh, they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. But on the whole, they seem to represent us better now than the Democrats. And certainly the founding of the party, <laughs> founded for abolition, right, represents represented us better. I mean, the slave freer Abraham Lincoln was Republican, right? But even present day, you think to yourself, and I see it all the time, conservatives go, what? This is mind-boggling. How in the world do, do you not look at history? Do not see the stuff and say, wait a second, don't you understand? Joe Biden got on television. President Biden got on television and said, if you, don't vote, if you vote for Trump, Trump was his opponent, right, in, in, in um, uh, 2020. If, if, if you vote for Trump and not me, you ain't black. How in the world can you go vote for someone like that? Right? We don't understand. But forget about that. You look at Chicago, right? Lori Lightfoot, black woman, product of the left. She was uh, a lesbian, black woman. I believe she was married to a white woman, right? And so, horrible. Crime was through the roof every weekend. The statistics on Chicago and crime were insanity. Insanity. And every, every single weekend, shooting after shooting, there was one story where there was a funeral going on and a drive-by happened at the funeral and the little girl that was like, I think she was in a stroller or something, two years old, was shot dead at the funeral for someone else who had been shot. So they have the mayoral election, right? And it gets, there's like a, a no one gets the majority of vote, and then it comes down to two people. It comes down to Brandon, who's a black guy, and Paul, who's a white guy. Brandon is further to the left than Lori Lightfoot. Understand that. Brandon is more pro-crime than Lori. He believes in less cops. He uh, believes in no bail, uh, uh, not no bail. He believes in bail for everyone. Brandon in Chicago, the, the, and by the way, he's the current mayor. Right. And then there was a white guy who was a Democrat, by the way. They're both Democrats who campaigned on the crime is too high. Your kids are getting killed. We got to bring some organization and do something. And it doesn't always look pretty, but we got to do something because it's just not right. And the city of Chicago voted for the black guy 
right? And let's be candid. Let's be real. When when see people ask why, they just said up front. They just said up front. You know, he's black guy. We trust him. And we wonder why in the world is this happening? Well, I figured it out. It's because no matter how much truth you can put statistics you can put out there, no matter how many facts you can put out there, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, a person must be free in their mind. They think they're not enslaved. They think because they're black, they know. They think because they're wealthy, they know. They think they've seen it all. But if they don't have the knowledge, then they'll stay right where they are. I am going to have to split this show into two and get to the solutions because I got some solutions next time, right? My solutions aren't necessarily about how to change all of that. This is one small portion, but I want to start with the next time we come on, come together. I want to start with the notion that we got to begin to persuade people that America is the best country on, on earth or at least one of the top two, right? One of the top two. I don't know what the other one is, but at least one of the top two. And there's some specific techniques and some ways to do that. I'm excited to share with you. But before before we went there, I had to get this point across. One, the genius of our Constitution is the duality. The genius of the Declaration of Independence is the duality. Both that you're free in the knowledge and free in your body. And once people's actions are crazy, right, we assume that the Jewish community and the black community and a a lot of feminist women, we equate their bodily freedom with them not being enslaved. We equate the bodily freedom with them being free. But that's not true. And we see the proof every day. Right. Man. I was I, I was racking my brain about why both of these communities and, and, and women keep this kind of action up where they vote and do things against their interest. And I realize it's because of a lack of knowledge. We have to heed the words of Isaiah. It is for a lack of knowledge, the people perish. If you enjoyed this program, send it right now to someone you know. My name is Autry J. Pruitt. This has been Cross at the Capitol. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you may get your podcasts. Remember, wisdom is the main thing. And with all thy getting, get an understanding.